0: Hello and welcome to the original Loretta Brown Show, radio to open the heart, heal the soul, and awaken the consciousness. I am the owner of Reiki Oasis, located right here in the greater Seattle area since 1995. Lots of good things going on over at Reiki Oasis all the time. And um, you know, I kind of advise listeners, if you're not receiving my newsletter Just go to ReikiOasis.com and click on the link there, and then you can get my newsletter, which, by the way, (laughs) i got to be honest with you, if it goes out once a month, you're lucky. But I do send out announcements of workshops and uh, special events coming up. And so if you want to make sure that you are uh, on the list of receiving that information, just go sign up for the free newsletter, and you'll get it. I also want you to thank you for listening. We are a listener-supported show to all my Patreons. From my heart to yours, thank you so much. If you want to be part of my patron community, you can go to patreon.com slash the Loretta Brown Show and find me there. And I know that sometimes it's confusing because... You know, some places you see my show called The Loretta Brown Show, and some places it's the original Loretta Brown Show, and it's the same show. It's just that Benny and I got to talking about it one day, and uh, somehow we didn't get everything changed over. So you can find all of my shows on Podcast One, iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. And uh, so you just go to the uh, 1150 KKNW archives for The Loretta Brown Show, and the links for that are all there And I really recommend you subscribe. It's free, and then you will get a notice every time there's another great show. And obviously, I love yakking, and I love being on the radio, and I love being that frequency of that voice out there. But, you know, if you weren't out there, I don't know who I'd be talking to, probably myself. So thanks for being out there. I have some really great things coming up. Saturday, February 8th, I have the Temple of the Divine Feminine, which is the monthly class for women. And that is coinciding with the full moon, which I'll talk about in a minute. And uh, so do come out, it's from 11.30 to 3.30. It's a long, um, it's four hours, but believe me, when you're there, it goes by so fast. And what a wonderful group of women. We do some magical, wonderful things, as well as healing, which is uh, a great thing. And we do work with sacred essential oils in there also. This Sunday, February 9th at 7.30 p.m. is my monthly Crystal Bowl Healing Concert and Sacred Cacao Ceremony at Bala Yoga in Kirkland. That's Sunday, February 9th, 7.30. Please get tickets through Bala Yoga in Kirkland. You can call them up. And I think if you buy tickets ahead of time, it's uh, uh savings of $5. I think it's about $30 or $35 to come And just FYI, the last two months, we've been sold out with a waiting list. So um, do get your tickets ahead of time and or call them and let them know that you're coming. You can show up at the door. And believe me, um, I will fit you in if if it's possible at all, as long as the fire marshal doesn't come by and shut us down. So (laughs) we do have to stay within the bounds of that. And then welcome to February 2020. February is a 29 month, uh, 20 excuse me, it's a 29 day month. It might seem like 29 months by the time we're done, because this is a leap year, and February is here to clean up the mess after a turbulent January. So thank goodness, catch your breath right now. The planets are all direct. February is a balanced month, and we have almost an ideal distribution of fire, earth, air, and water energy. So use February to tie up loose ends from August of 2019 and recharge. Because March is going to be another intense month. So catch your breath. And if you guys are going to Egypt with me, we will be going February 19 to March 4. We're going to catch our breath. We're going to do some amazing meditations and even past life regression work there. So send us out good energies. I will be sending transmissions from Egypt. And if you want to know more about that, just send an email to ReikiOasis at gmail.com and I'll tell you all about it. During February, I just want to put a little note out there, too, before I bring on my wonderful guest, who I adore. Uh, but this month of February, watch out for Venus. Um, she enters Aries on February 8th, which is Saturday. And Venus in Aries knows what she wants, and she goes after it. And for those of you that are not so assertive, that might be great. But for you, those of you that are already assertive, or my Aries fiery people out there, Venus and Aries can make you super assertive and prone to instant gratification. And you'll be saying things to yourself like, I want this and I want it now. So um, <clears throat> breathe, clear your throat. The greatest quality of Venus and Aries is honesty about one's feelings and the upcoming weeks are the best time of the year. To take an honest look at your feelings and accept them for what they are. And on February 9th, Sunday, we have a full moon at 20 degrees of Leo, another fire sign. So this is a no compromise full moon. It will be easier than the one in January. You will feel compelled to follow your heart's desire no matter what, which could be a good thing. So just be careful. Your actions are not coming from a place of ego if what you feel is clarity flow and engagement you're good to go and if you, what you feel is anger or resentment dig deeper and then on monday one more announcement february 10th venus is conjunct Chiron at 2 degrees aries there's that fire again venus is the planet of love and feelings chiron is the archetype of the wounded healer and the message of this trans uh, uh, of this transit is to get in touch with your feelings, even if it hurts. We are currently in the process of healing the wound of our identity, which is actually our biggest wound. So um, simply acknowledge the truth of your feelings with no expectations, without attachment to the outcome, and let your emotions help you navigate so that you know whether you are in or out of alignment with your higher and bigger self. So there's the energy uh, forecast. We are always greater than the stars. But, you know, if the wind is blowing, it's a good idea to wear a jacket. Now I'm going to bring on my guest. I'm so glad to have her back on the show. My special guest is Penny Kelly. And Penny Kelly is just an amazing woman. She's a writer, a teacher, an author, a publisher, a consultant, a naturopathic physician, and simply a wealth of information around higher consciousness and our path ahead. Penny has co-written or edited 23 books with others, has written at least nine books of her own to include Robes, a book of coming changes, and Consciousness and Energy, Volume 4, Trump, the sting, the catastrophe cycle, and consciousness. I said that right, Penny? And uh, Penny was on my show in November and again in December. It's so glad to have her back. Thank you for waiting through all that announcement, Penny.
1: Welcome to the show. <laughs> it's good to be here. And it was really interesting. You know, I don't know anything about astrology other than, you know, I'm a Capricorn. That's all I know. <laughs> oh, you're a good Capricorn. Good. Well, Yay. Well, yeah, it was um, it was not it was not ever anything that I thought was very impressive. So I think it was right after Kundalini I got this idea that I wasn't going to be a Capricorn anymore. I was going to be something else. So I set myself. I wanted to be a Scorpio because oh. I thought that, <laughs> that would be sexy. So I made up a new birth date and pretended that I was Scorpio, and I I think I did that for like a year and a half, or maybe two, and then. One day I thought, no, I'm not really a Scorpio. I think, I forget what the second one was. Anyways, I ended up for the next, I'm going to say the next 10 years, I worked my way through every single one of the Zodiac things, (laughs) giving me a new birth date and trying out a new persona, and finally said, you know what, I'm a Capricorn. So I've tried them all, you know. The one that works best is usually the one you're born in.
0: Yeah, it, I love that story. That's a great story. Um, <laughs> that's very Capricornish, by the way. <laughs> oh, is it?
1: <laughs> okay. My uh, true to the breed. <laughs> my
0: my moon is in Capricorn, and a lot of my favorite
1: people are Capricorns. So. Yeah, that's true. They're builders, mm-hmm. uh, designers, uh, structuralists, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah. So, After building this place for twenty-five years, oh, yeah. so I have to say, yeah, I think the
0: shoe fits. I think it does. Yeah, I think it does for sure. Um, we're yeah. gonna, you know, on our previous shows, we talked about, you know, the the catastrophes coming up, and we talked about Trump. We talked about politics, and we we are touching into higher consciousness. Um, I would lo- just love to join our conversation anywhere that you feel makes sense and. You had uh, written me that you'd like to talk about high consciousness and what that means in terms of spiritual emergency in the United States. Mm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think that's really important for us to recognize right now because we're in it, and it's a messy kind of process that you cannot avoid when you're going through an awakening if it's massive, like I had, you can end up in a psych ward, and there have been a number of uh, people who have written to me who said, you know, I spent a little time in the psych ward, and then eventually, you know, a long story and, and different story in each case, um, ended up realizing that this was an awakening process. This was when you start seeing things that other people aren't seeing, when you start hearing things that other people aren't hearing, when you start feeling or knowing or entering into other dimensions that you don't have any background and no training, you're going to think you're going crazy. Mm -hmm. And one of the processes with with awakening is sleep. You don't sleep very well, um, if at all. For myself, after a full-blown kundalini, there was no sleep for three years. There's just this constant awareness, no matter what the body's doing. So there's a, there's some serious issues there with the, the whole awakening process. And I think it was maybe a month or two ago, I got this, <clears throat> excuse me, um, I got this kind of an insight. I was talking, I forget who I was talking to, but all of a sudden it dawned on me that, you know, all of the pundits are talking about the awakening, the great awakening in terms of America, in terms of, uh, you know, the whole process of what's happening around Trump. And I thought, I remember the little man in brown robes saying to me, well, if you if you could just guide the people when they're awakening. And I was thinking, oh, my God, do you have any clue, you guys, what happens when you're going through this kind of thing? This is not something I couldn't even manage myself when that awakening was happening. But for a planet full of people, there would be mass chaos, mass delusion, mass fear, um, and that's where we're at. So, I wrote this little piece. It's actually a very small ebook. It's probably only 18 or 19 pages. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm losing my voice here. <coughs> <coughs> and um, and put it out there, just so that people could get a sense of, um, you know, the kind of chaos, the kind of worries. The kinds of things that you can't tell yourself don't, you can't tell yourself, oh, that doesn't matter anymore because everything matters 10 times worse <laughs> or 10 times better mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or you know, 10 times more powerfully. And it's all in whether you see it as better or worse. But um, I,
0: I want to interrupt right there. I do want you to jump back in, but you you mentioned that you have a little ebook that's about 18 or 19 pages. Where can people find that? What's the name of it?
1: Oh, it's called Spiritual Emergency in the US and it's on my website. If you just go to um, consciousnessonfire.com and scroll down the home page, you'll see all the covers of my books and that cover Is right there and you just click on it and it takes you to a page where you can buy it and download it it's a few bucks it's not a huge expensive thing but uh, it out it lays out this is this is what's happening here and we have to navigate this and it's well worth it because on the other side of that is a whole new world it's a whole new self if it's happening to you personally but it's a whole new world in terms of what we are doing as a group. And it's really exciting. It's really wonderful. So I'm hoping that we will navigate beautifully and um, you know and, and we'll come out with a world that we not only love but we're proud of at the same time. So um, so this whole- is
0: this is spiritual emergency then is our awakening is is that what where- what you're saying?
1: Yeah. Yeah. When, um, I think, I forget, I think it was Stanislav Grof, who, um, he and his wife were the first ones to write about that. And then they started talking, you know, with others in the field of psychology and psychiatry. And what they realized was that a lot of spiritual awakening was being classified in the psychological circles and in the DS, DSM 4 which i think there's a DSM 5 now mm-hmm. yeah. but um, was being classified as psychosis and and they got together and i don't i don't know what their process was but they eventually realized oh my god this is this is a spiritual awakening this is when consciousness expands and you do start to see things that other people don't see. And, you know, in order to have a common reality, we, we have a reality here. It's a reality zone, and it's not the same type of reality that you would find maybe in some other uh, zone. But it's a shared reality, and you fit into it by making yourself fit into it by fitting into the normal and that whole, that whole process is kind of self. Um, <clears throat> uh, what would you call it? Like it, you end up cutting off the parts of yourself that don't fit <clears throat> or that don't, <clears throat> you're just bringing up all kinds of stuff here for me. <laughs> I haven't <laughs> had a conversation yet this morning. And so all my crud is coming up in this conversation. <clears throat> so, I think um, what Groff and Christina Groff and Stanislaw Groff did was assemble a book called Spiritual Emergency, which they edited um, various uh, essays and pieces by other psychologists who were dealing with this same kind of thing from different angles, and they were realizing this is all the same process. And so they ended up. Um, really having a masterpiece, really showing this is the problem with any kind of spiritual awakening. You might not fit in the reality that you were raised in, and you have to go away, figure out what's, what's going to work for you, and then come back and very um, gently and wisely um, fit yourself in. And you you'd connect with the people you can connect with. And you would have conversations with them that go deeper. But the rest, you have to stay on the surface. Otherwise, you upset people because they haven't had that experience. They don't have that capacity. And spiritual awakening is the um, expansion of the range of frequencies that you can access and draw information from and make meaningful sense out of that information. And so that's, you know, we're having to do that now. And even though um, there's a a slight difference here between what I'm going to call a kundalini awakening in an individual and an awakening to repressed information in a nation. And we have had for probably 50 years... I'm going to say at least 50, since the end of World War II, this very carefully orchestrated effort to make sure that everybody stays happy and distracted and satisfied with what is typically called bread and circuses. Keep them well fed and give them plenty of stuff to watch, listen to, movies, circuses, quote unquote, that's what the circuses are. And people will not pay attention to the really important things that are happening in the background, and we can get away with all sorts of stuff. So that was orchestrated over the last, you know, 50, 60, 70 years. And what we've had is almost no change. There's been no change in, uh, in some of the most basic, most important technologies. We're still on oil we still have automobiles. We're still doing, you know, radio, thank God. Um, we're still doing television. We're, we have added the computer, and we do have the, the internet, um, but we have not moved into what I'm going to call the consciousness of personal responsibility or self-responsibility that really would allow us to move into the greater community. There are other beings out there, and they are waiting for us to wake up and get out of the religious rut, which I don't have any argument against religion except for the fact that it doesn't allow for critical thinking. It doesn't. Mm -hmm. It doesn't teach it. It doesn't encourage critical thinking. You're encouraged instead to examine yourself. And were you a bad girl? Did you say this? Did you do that? Did you think such and such? And. And in that examination, it's very limited. Mm -hmm. You don't get into, well, does this make any sense? Does this match anything in reality? Um, does you know? Does it fit the physiology, the physics, the biology, of anything that we're doing in this world? And, and there's the big, I think, failing of religion. Um, I I like religion for one reason only: is that it's very. It provides a social outlet for a lot of people mm-hmm. who really don't have um, or know where else to go to connect with people. Yeah, And, I, uh, and so I... religion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it provides that, um, and we
0: need that. Yeah, I'm. I'm just agreeing. I, I, I believe that um, n- not only religion, but possibly the programming and dishing. A lot of people were raised to where they don't really practice critical thinking, or they they've stopped asking questions, or yeah. or like you say, thinking about it. Like sometimes people will say things to me, and uh, it will be a very um, uh, how do I say a rutted in belief like this this position? like if this isn't the truth, then we're going to fight each other, right? yeah and and right. it's
1: like, well, maybe we could just talk about it
0: <laughs> um you know and and take uh, a look at it.
1: Yeah, that is so important and the whole religious thing, when you get into a deeper study of it, what you discover is that 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 difference. Those sets of differences are very carefully nurtured so that they can be used to get people all upset and angry enough to go and fight. Mm -hmm. And it's really sad. It's very sad when you see it, um, you know, operating. It's like, oh, my gosh. So um, well, and I'm we, thinking uh, I don't I don't know who it was that said, "Can't we just get along?"
0: You know, it was probably <laughs> can,
1: can we just get along? No, yeah, apparently
0: not. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So I think the U.S. is in the midst of what I'm going to call a personal transformation for our nation, and that is going to and is creating um, spiritual emergency. And um, if if you like, I can just. um read this. uh, I've got a paragraph here by Groff, um, and it's just real short, but it kind of characterizes what happens in any kind of transformation. And he says, increasing numbers of people involved in personal transformation are experiencing spiritual emergencies, crises, when the process of growth and change becomes chaotic and overwhelming. Individuals experiencing such episodes may feel that their sense of identity is breaking down, that their old values no longer hold true, and that the very ground beneath their personal realities is radically shifting, and therefore they feel tremendous anxiety, have difficulty coping with their daily lives, jobs, and relationships, and may even fear for their own sanity." End quote. So. It's a perfect description of increasing numbers of people Mm -hmm. waking up to realize why has there been almost no real change at any of the levels when the whole process, the whole point of having a reality zone is to provide a cocoon for evolution of the beings into what I'm going to call eternal beings. That's the bottom line. And we're not doing that. And so, the longer change is held in abeyance, the the longer we pretend. No, we don't have to do anything different. No, we don't have. How how long are we going to keep on uh, digging up the earth for oil, or keep on dumping poisons into our rivers? How long do we think we can do that? People talk about climate change. It's not really climate change at all. The only reason we have climate change is because there are people messing with the weather. Mm. But the real climate change, the thing that most people are thinking and talking about, is really what I'll call the destruction of the environment by corporate-style business, in which nobody's responsible. Mm -hmm. And the only thing important is money. I don't think we can continue that very much longer without doing ourselves in. So it's, it's a, it, we're in a rough, rough period right now because everybody's waking up and, and there aren't a lot of options. There have been so many obstacles and a lot of those obstacles were put in place by the people who were trying to collapse the nations and create a whole a single world government. And and so when we may end up with a single world government, but I don't think it's going to be the way that these, you know, the original guys Mm -hmm. thought it was going to be. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. I I think you've brought out so many amazing things like I have a lot of questions that are just coming out of uh, just what you just said. We're going to take a really quick station break. And uh, this is Loretta Brown. My guest today is the amazing Penny Kelly. And we are talking about spiritual emergency in the United States and the raising of our consciousness. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Energy is powerful. It's all around us. Mysterious, full of potential. Directing positive healing energy to raise your vibrational rate through Reiki can change your life. Reiki master Loretta Brown has relieved stress, sadness, anger, and even helped clients lose weight, stop smoking, and end sleep disorders. Worldwide, people have sought out Reiki Oasis. If you want help with your dis-ease, visit ReikiOasis.com. Harness life's energy. Visit ReikiOasis.com today. Bored with the other stations? Hammering away on the same old talking points? Try Alternative Talk 1150 and get some variety. Welcome back to the original Loretta Brown Show with my special guest, Penny Kelly, and she is an author and a speaker. We're talking today about spiritual emergency in the United States and the world, probably, and everything that goes along with that. Uh, Before the break, you were talking about, um, well, I, I love that quote that you had from Stanislav and about how as we awaken there's, we can feel like it's very chaotic and overwhelming and the ground beneath our feet is moving. Um, mm-hmm. What are some guidelines, or maybe this is in your little ebook, what are some things we can do to help stabilize ourselves or help us figure out we're not actually going insane? Because I think that, you know, across my clientele base, I got a lot of people coming in and they're talking about how, number one, they're very restless, they can't sleep, um, they're yeah. seeing things, uh, dead people are showing up, they're having these these um, spiritual experiences that they don't know how to define. And uh, honestly, I mean, one of the things I hear the most, Penny, and you probably hear this too, is people going, I'm so glad I can talk about this here because I have no place to talk yeah. about it. I yeah. know.
1: I so agree. Mm-hmm. And I think probably one of the best helpers in terms of getting through a spiritual emergency is to understand the stages. So maybe I should just talk about the stages a little bit. There's like seven stages, and actually, this is what I outline in the in the ebook, "Spiritual Emergency in the U.S." But I think um, you know, it's, there's these there's these stages, and I the the first one is everything is normal, and <laughs> in psychological speak, I call that habituation. Everything is doing its normal thing. Okay, that's stage one. Stage two, there's a new decision. And usually that decision looks like a lot of other decisions. And in the ebook, I talk about, you know, these three different um, scenarios. One is a nurse, uh, one is a, um, a businessman, and the other is a population. And we are the population. But the new decision looks like a lot of other decisions, Um, you know, and and some new information comes to light or maybe a new observation is made and the decision is in response to that new information or new observation. But it still all looks pretty normal or if not quite normal, at least non-threatening and temporary. And I think for us, the, the people of the U.S., that new decision was the election of Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. It was this, we mm-hmm. have to do something different because we've had years of, of politicians telling us one thing until they get elected and then they do whatever the heck they want. Mm-hmm. So the new decision was electing Trump. That's stage two, new decision. Then after that decision is made comes stage three. So stage three is ignorance or trying to ignore something and denial. And in this stage, the individual or the population either ignores or denies changing conditions, attempts to cope using old ideas and strategies, makes an effort to skirt the consequences that they have created, and there's a maintenance of normal routines they keep reverting to old solutions and trying to maintain the old normal. So that is followed by stage four, which is chaos and stress. Things just aren't working out in many areas of life, and that includes finances, relationships, living conditions, working situations, or even you know, the worldview, the the way that you view the world. So when that happens, when Change happens in finance, in relationships, in living and working, or in the way you see the world around you. Extreme stress arises, and what do we do? We drop into fear and blaming. Mm-hmm. Everybody's pointing fingers at everybody else, and there's but the big thing is there's a failure to adapt to changing needs and changing perspective. You know perspective ends up being short-sighted and limited to only the chaos because people can't quite get to the point where they're looking at the future. They're still looking at the past. How do we fix this?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: How do we go back to what we used to have? What happened to our nice, quiet life? And then we enter stage five. That's the turning point. And the turning point is is it can be triggered by almost anything a sudden insight, uh, a light dawns, we go, oh, (laughs) or a moment of hope, you know, comes up and becomes a lifeline. And at that moment of the turning point, usually somebody says something or you recognize something that changes everything in one instant. You suddenly see the changes. And at that moment, The moment that you honestly see, you are giving yourself permission to see and be who you really are. You cannot get to a turning point without permission to see and be who you really are. So when you finally allow yourself to see and go, oh, oh no, (laughs) um, You that's the moment that you're honestly being who you are and seeing for yourself instead of seeing what other people are telling you to see or what they want you to believe. Mm -hmm. So that follows the turning point is followed by the, the process, the work of transformation. And that's a long stage. Turning point is very quick, it happens in a moment, but the transformation is the work, the long period of regeneration, reorganization, and restructuring, new meanings for everything, common sense comes back, excitement starts appearing, and creativity blossoms. So what you get is this big attitude change and new meanings for everything. So that process, that work is when, okay, you know, it's fallen apart. What do we do now? You know, do we sit here and suck our thumb and complain and blame so-and-so? Or do we get at the work that has to be done? And the result of that is stage seven. It's a new world. There are new and ongoing possibilities for the foreseeable future. It's a responsive new you that is suddenly... Um, contributing instead of you know digging your heels in and worrying and crying, so that new world involves new relationships and new lifestyle, new institutions, new ways of doing things, new sources of security, or a certain um, comfortableness with uh, the uncertainty of creativity and um, you know new new creation. There's some wisdom, there's some patience, and there's some flexibility. So we end up with a new period that begins to stabilize, and, and that goes on for a while. And then normally, hopefully, that process of change is going to be one that's incorporated into, um, into the lifestyle Instead of trying to make everything stay the same for 70 years and nothing changes except for a little bit of marketing and a few new toys, um, that you know, the whole idea of a reality zone is to continue to evolve the self to become or to reach the full human potential that's built into the human. And so if we If we allow that human potential to come to the surface, it's going to show up in our nation, in our region, in our household, it's going to show up. And we're going to have to deal with that. And typically, that's a good thing. So those are the seven stages. Normal, new decision, ignorance and denial, chaos and stress, the turning point, the transformation work, and the new world. Wow,
0: I love that! Thank you for that. Um, while you were talking, I was kind of envisioning, you know, everything going on right now. Like we have all of that going on, but my goodness, we are truly in that chaos and stress stage. Um, yeah, <laughs> like like a nationwide, globally, right? Yeah, and it is
1: It is global. It it's is, not just the U.S.
0: Yeah, and it is really uh, going into that higher consciousness. I loved your uh, description earlier, your definition of awakening, which had something to do with opening us up to uh, perceiving higher frequencies or frequencies we haven't been able to um, access yeah. before. I've got a question for you, and it's kind of in the middle of everything you're saying. You know, uh, okay. people talk about... Um, Reality as a uh, like we're co-creators or it's a joint venture or something like that. As we awaken, are are we then ch- obviously changing our reality like as a group? Yes. Okay. Uh, can yes. You Every single yeah.
1: person who who comes into that awakening strengthens the new perception, the new consciousness. Everybody.
0: Wow so in this new world and please talk more about this what <laughs> <laughs> what are some of the things we're looking at cuz right now i'm i'm being with that chaos and stress and i'm also being with the resistance people are having cuz this is big deal you know yeah, like like our, our, like you say we feel very ungrounded <laughs> and those things that we've used to define ourselves are just not working anymore just not working and we right. don't. We just don't know who we are, and we're angry, you know. we're yeah. we're scared, and um, the new world I'm imagining is not so full of that, or is it?
1: Um, no, it doesn't really have that kind of anger. It's an existential anger that I'm seeing everywhere right now. Okay. And <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I think it's really important to understand that anger is change energy. That hasn't been allowed to go anywhere. And so it builds up. The need for change, the need for change, whether it's a change in a relationship because it's a bad marriage or it's a bad living situation or it's a change in career because this is not how you want to spend your time here or or whatever the change is, a change in government because the government has been dishonorable or hasn't been honest about what they're really doing, et cetera, et cetera. The we are very intuitive whether you're talking about single one on one relationships or populations. Whole populations are communicating telepathically all the time, and they know they know at some deep level when somebody is screwing them, when mm. somebody's cheating, when somebody's lying. And the only reason they look the other way. Is because they either don't know how to handle that or they don't want to deal with the chaos and stress of having to make a change. And so what happens is the change doesn't happen, doesn't happen, the anger builds up, and then it becomes explosive. And typically you have a war and it gets settled in the war, all kinds of anger gets expended. And I think that anger should be put into, it's just energy It's just energy that can be used or channeled into something very creative. And there are a lot of people who will say, oh, but then the creation is based on anger. It's like, no, 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 no. The anger is just the energy of change that hasn't been allowed to go anywhere. And and so we have to allow those changes to happen as they come up. And for a big population or a planet, which we are, we're a small planet, but mm-hmm. still, it's, uh, it's quite a few people. Mm-hmm. Um, that becomes a task. And when we aren't communicating honestly, then it becomes an impossibility. So one of the things Trump has done, which I don't think people recognize, is that he's opened the communication and normalized it between, say, the U.S. and China, between the U.S. and North Korea. He's in the process of forcing iran to communicate with us the people who are on on the side of we want change and we want communication and we want peace and iran has been under the control of the cabal for a long time and they have had to do what the cabal said and so when the cabal said you act like you're gonna make war and you talk like you're gonna make war that's what they do and there's, uh, there's just so much control happening in Iran and in Israel and, and fighting between the two, et cetera, et cetera. So the, the goal has really been, I think, at an existential level to A, wake up, B, establish communications, and three, figure out, okay, what does that look like? What is it, What can we do with that new communication? And I personally am very excited about what I see becoming possible. When you break down people into separate um, camps and then you're secretly telling one side, well, they think this about you and they're saying that and they're going to do this, then what you're going to do is amp up the distrust and the um, likelihood that somebody's going to, you know, strike a match and that spark is going to make the whole situation blow up. So um, we're we're getting past that. We're moving past that. If Trump can finish what he started, I think we are um, on the on the cusp of a brand new world that is just going to be amazing, because we have um, we have beings. When I was, let's, let's kind of jig jog over into mm-hmm, a little other mm-hmm. subject here, just briefly. When I was working with Dr. Levengood in the lab, we had all kinds of materials that came in that had come from UFO landing sites, pieces of the Roswell craft, um, pieces of, <laughs> of uh, alien tissue. Mm-hmm. I guess it'd be a nice way to say it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and some, you know, many messages. One of the things that became clear, which I talked about in volume two, is that the um, the alien, the ETs, I don't even want to call them aliens. We call them those people. That's what Lefty called them, mm-hmm. those people. Mm-hmm. Um, he's Those people sent messages to him saying here's the next level of thing you should be studying if you're going to catch up with us or step into relationship with us. You have to understand frequencies. So, um, so we had a chance to look at what has happened to this metal in this Roswell craft and um, what's happened to you know how was this produced? These stones. How did that happen? How all kinds of experiences, which I recount in Consciousness and Energy, Volume Two. But in the in the process, the the big thing was that we were being slowly led and fed information that caused us to look in a particular direction, so that we could come into relationship with the greater. Um, group of beings in the galaxy, and they don't want anything to do with us until we get past religion and past because religion in their in their thinking is um, I, I guess if I had to characterize it, I would say that their um, their assessment of religion is that it keeps us from understanding the true nature of reality. Period. Everybody is blaming it on God or attributing it to God or saying God did this or we can't do that because God would disapprove. All of that is is bogus. Um, you know, we are the God stuff. We're made of God stuff. So if there's a God, it's it's you and how you see things and how you do things. And And I know that would probably get me strung up in the Middle Ages, but... The fact of the matter is that we have to get to a point where we understand how frequencies work because every individual is a collection of frequencies and that those frequencies respond directly to consciousness. And until we take responsibility for ourselves as the creation that we are, we can't really step into that community of people because we're in the dark ages, and they're over here saying mm-hmm. you know, this is how you operate this and this is you know how you do that and and everything is alive and communicating. and we're still, you know blaming and limiting and and cutting things off because, because we aren't willing to take responsibility. We want God to be responsible Mm -hmm. for everything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's a problem. So, you know, coming back to changes that um, we're coming up against, the the whole religion thing is one of the big changes. Another one is finance. The whole financial system that we had was set up to serve um, the cabal and allow them to skim money right off the top. And so... That's not going to, that isn't, we can't have that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We can't have that and have a responsible financial system. And we can't have, you know, a handful of people owning everything and everybody else is is trying to figure out how to survive. The 99%, the 1%. It's like, what is, who, what kind of population would allow that? Um, there's just so many pieces. Health is another one. Um, work is another one. Uh, it, a job is a way of keeping people in a very, it's keeping people under control. It's the old, what do you call that in the Middle Ages where you had serfs and feudal. Feudal. Feudal system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's it, the same thing. Corporations and their serfs. Um, you know the feudal system and their serfs where are when are we going to get to the point where we take responsibility for the work that has to be done to survive and the creativity that has to be engaged in order to evolve mm-hmm. and do we have to have a corporation in the middle of there? So lots of lots of big questions the regeneration, the reorganization, the restructuring hasn't, has barely begun and I think it's going to be extensive and I think um, people who can't get past their fear are going to end up doing themselves in which I'm like no come on come on we need you we need your perspective we need your energy we need your consciousness to help stabilize this while we make these changes Very important. Yeah, very important. Uh, Yeah, the fear—I call
0: it the virus of fear. It's very contagious. Um, Yeah, (laughs) very contagious. But uh, I think it all—it all for me, you know, points back to that rigidity that we've had around our mindset. Um, and you actually went to the uh, uh, an area that I wanted to visit, which was, you know, because you had said earlier in the show that other beings are waiting for us to wake up, right? Yeah. And get right. out of that rigid mindset that has been laid there by our our religious and, and, and societal concepts, right? And education. And education, <laughs> right. Yeah. I, yeah. And I think we're all just sort of trained to be a certain way and... Uh, breaking out of that uh, for me is exciting and scary, but exciting. You know, um, yeah. I-, I think it just takes a-, a few moments of courage, and then that f- that feeling of anticipation, uh, the butterflies in the stomach. Sometimes I don't know if that's fear, anticipation. Honestly, Penny, you know, <laughs> like oh, <uh-oh. laughs> I think we're jumping. Oh, yeah. uh, well, that's right. <laughs> hang on. So we have you have so many good books out there and some so much information, and I'm I'm really being with this emergency, this spiritual emergency. But how when people are waking up, like you say, this chaos section, and also we don't really know how long it's going to take for us to get through this uh, reorganization and restructuring of things. So, yeah.
1: Uh, For an individual, yeah. I'll just give a, mm-hmm. a rule of thumb. For an individual, that is going to be at least three years. Okay. For a population, I think it's going to be more. I'm going to say it's probably going to be more like three, or I'm sorry, <laughs> seven to 30 years. Mm. Uh, we'll see, you know, we, we have to keep our chin up and uh, and continue to see the possibilities that are emerging. If you're looking in the rearview mirror, you're going to miss the possibilities that are emerging, and so it's going to take longer. There's another uh, thing
0: that I want to touch on real briefly. We've we've got like five minutes, you know, four minutes left. Um, there is this uh, reconnection to nature, and I I'm running mm. into this, and in, not only from you, but from various things. You know, I I always end up getting messages in glumps, is what I call it. <laughs> Uh Uh-huh. Glumps. And, um, you know, I'm going out on the edge here a little bit. When I was a little girl, I used to play with fairies. And um, there's something coming back to me about nature. And and I used to be so connected to nature. I'm I'm thinking about the changes on planet Earth. I'm thinking about earthquakes, volcanoes, and even on the surface, the things that we're all going through. Um, Can you just touch on that briefly a little bit and also... Um, you you may or may not use this story, but somewhere along the line I think it was in one of your books I was reading about how um, you went out and yelled at the sky and told it to stop raining because you needed these guys to do this work for you
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh huh. Can you tell me how to do do that? I just (laughs) (laughs) yeah. I think the big important thing here in terms of reconnecting to nature is when you have a civilization, which we have, that has built itself up, and it's based on energy, electricity, and that electricity is artificially generated. Then the the civilization gets into difficulty. The problem arises when, the, if the civilization collapses or the electricity can no longer be produced, then we have then we're back to basics: food, water, clothing, and shelter. When nobody knows how to grow food, or how to produce electricity from scratch, or how to um, build a house, or how to make clothing, or how to do their own natural healing. The thing that the reconnection to nature allows you to have a source of of security. It isn't going to be stable in the way the old civilization or the civilization you had was stable. But it's going to allow you to survive, hopefully see where your thinking went off track and you got into being really um, a risky, a risky structure. That's what we have right now, very risky. Um, and we haven't developed consciousness enough to make things happen, so we're, it's, it's, we're right at the edge of falling, you know, off the cliff or, you know, spreading our wings and flying over to the next mountaintop. And I think that reconnection to nature is the thing that will stabilize us in that transition so that we don't panic, because we will know how to grow our own food, how to build a house, how to get water, how to, um, you know, provide heat or air conditioning or clothing or whatever. So that the reconnection to nature is a recognition in the deep individual that there's this unstable or, um, you know, moment coming. In which everything is going to be up in the air and how you navigate that change is going to be everything. And if you don't have the connection to nature and you freak out, um, you could just end up dead because you're busy freaking out instead of doing the work of providing what you need.
0: Yeah. Very well said. And I also want to throw a quote in there. You've written so many great books, but I think in your book, The Elves of Lily Hill Farm, they, you write, find the nature of balance rather right. than the balance in nature. And I think that's yeah. my new mantra. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 That, that's yeah. a really, that, that has come back to me. They, I still talk with them and they have reminded me of that over the last 20 some years now. Um, is that balanced? Where's the balance in that? And, yeah. and sometimes it's not what I would have thought. Yeah, You have to be totally flexible. And they've taught me several lessons around that. So I'm like, oh, okay. So, I would have chosen this. They said, well, that makes sense. You know, this being something that's totally organic or totally um, in the, quote, spiritual camp. They said, what if that is going to unbalance you even further? You may have to go over here to the chemical side for a minute. Do what has to be done and then go back over here to the natural side and fix whatever destruction came from using the chemical. And I was like, oh, oh.
0: Okay. (laughs) So anyway, we are unfortunately out of time. That went by so fast. Penny, ha! We'll have to do it again. That's just what we'll have to do. Anyway, my guest Yeah, my guest today, Penny Kelly. I really recommend her book, Robes. And then you've got all kinds of other books, and you've got uh, consciousness and energy for volumes. You've got your little ebook. Find Penny at consciousnessonfire.com. And this is Loretta Brown. Be kind to each other, love each other, love the earth, love the planet. Thank you. We'll talk to you next time.